The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Welcome to the American Negotiation Institute's podcast, where we will teach you the skills you need to get more out of life. And now your host, Kwame Christian. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. I'm Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer and I'm passionate about teaching business professionals like you the keys to negotiation and persuasion. This podcast is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, where we offer live negotiation trainings, business consulting, and one-on-one coaching for professionals that want to learn how to communicate more confidently and persuasively. From now until the end of the summer, we're offering all listeners one free coaching session with me. And if you're interested, go to AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash coaching or click the link in the description below. Our guest today is Jordan Miller. Jordan is president and CEO of Fifth Third Bank Central Ohio. In this role, he oversees over $4.7 billion in assets, 90 retail banking offices, and more than 800 employees serving nearly 350,000 consumer and business customers. In this episode, Jordan shares how he and his team use negotiation and persuasion to land big clients for the bank. And if you go to AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash Jordan, Again, that's AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash Jordan. You can get a free guide that would show you how you could use these skills to land the big clients for your company. You can also click the link in the description to take you straight to that page on our website. I know you're going to get a lot out of this one. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Jordan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So how about we get started by telling the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a regional president for Fifth Third Bank. In that role, I'm responsible for our commercial, retail, mortgage, and our uh, private bank customers uh, throughout the regions that I serve. The regions include Central Ohio, Southern Ohio, West Virginia, and Eastern Kentucky. Very nice. And how long have you been in this role? I've been in this role now about eight years. Nice, nice. So that, I'm assuming that means you like it. <laughs> yeah, I do like it. It's a, it's a great opportunity for um, for me, and it's a great opportunity for me to get to know the region, to get to help my customers, and get to learn more and just be more relevant in the community, So, which is the part I really enjoy. Nice. And and what steps professionally did you take to get here? Was this always your, cho- your first choice? Uh, well, not exactly, and I didn't know when I first got into banking. I didn't know exactly where my career was going. Um, you know, I thought I, at one time I thought I wanted to be an accountant, uh, and then later I got the opportunity to, um, after college and after the military, work for an organization as a, as a department of the U.S. Treasury called the Comptroller of the Currency. That that organization is responsible for regulating the banking system, the national banking system, and I got that. Um, through a colleague of mine that I went to college with, and uh, he introduced me to that opportunity, and I, I got into it, and I loved it. And so many years later, I'm at this position. So in your role now as, as president, um, what are your, your main responsibilities? 
know, the, the two primary things that I focus on and spend most of my time outside of community activity, obviously, is business development. So our business development is focused on middle market commercial clients. By middle market, I mean companies that have revenue between 20 and $500 million. So that's the core focus. Uh, the other core focus is really on our high net worth customers. So our high net worth customers are served by our wealth and asset management division. That includes our private bank. That customer um, typically has a million dollars of investable assets. And so that's the customer we go after to be part of our private bank. Many of those customers are owners of some of the businesses uh, or executives of some of the businesses that we bank. So those are the two primary areas that I'm uh, focused, um, I'd say, 90% of my time on. When you go about into the community and try to build these relationships, what types of strategies do you use? Well, um, uh, I think um, over the years, uh, obviously banking is very competitive, so we're not the only ones who serve these clients. And uh, Columbus has a rich history of banking, and so all the regions I serve has a rich history of banking. And a lot of bank competitors, uh, and then we have non-bank competitors as well. So uh, the strategy that we most often utilize is, is trying to approach a customer with how, do, how can we add value uh, to their business? So how can we uh, find ways to enhance their business? How can we find ways to help them grow their business? How can we find ways to uh, improve the cash flow in their business versus hey, I can make you a loan or I can take your deposits. Uh, so that strategy does not work because anybody can take loans and almost any bank can take loans, make loans and, and uh, take deposits. So you've got you've to differentiate yourself in a different way. And um, one of the ways we do that is obviously by getting to know our clients and our prospects and then trying to ask enough questions to, to find out what they need. You know, where, where are the shortfalls? Where are the challenges? Where are keeping them up? Uh, and then uh, see if we can find solutions that, um, that can help them, uh, like I say, grow their business. And Jordan, I wanted to go a bit deeper on this, this point of uh, asking questions. Um, how do you typically prepare for these conversations? Do you, do you uh, prepare systematically or is it just kind of a, a feel thing at this point? Well, no, we, we have a very systematic approach to how we prepare. Uh, so one, if I'm going to go out and meet with you, I first want to understand what business you're in. You know, where, where are you starting from? Uh, I want to understand your industry. I want to understand that your competition, I want to understand your supply chain and potentially, um, anything else that I can uncover about your business. If, if you're, like I said, if you're a middle market business and you have 20 to $500 million in revenue, I'm going to have my capital markets group give me a summary of your business. So if you're in media, if you're in um, uh, manufacturing, if you're in engineering, whatever the specifics of your business are, I'm going to get data about that and I'm going to study that data. From that data, I'm going to try to understand how you fit within that market so that I can get specific about asking you questions about things that are relevant to you and not just general questions. So that's, that's typically how we prepare. We do a lot of pre-call planning before we go meet with a prospect. 
We want to certainly take industry information to the prospect. We want to ask insightful questions, um, and we want to we want to see if there's something uh, that sparks uh, interest from that prospect. Is there something that they're missing? Something they're not doing well? Uh, something that their current financial provider is not giving them? And so that's how we're going to approach that business. Hmm. That makes sense. Absolutely. And and you mentioned something about uh, pre-call planning. What does that look like? Yeah, so a pre-call planning is going to be, I've got a prospect. Say they're a, a restaurant owner, and they maybe have multiple restaurants. And so what I want to know is, uh, you know, where the restaurants are located, what are their growth plans for those restaurants, um, but where do they fit in that whole scheme? You know, they fast casual are they uh, are they a high end uh, restaurant? Um, you know what's their strategy around uh, improving their client experience? And so, and and then I'm gonna probably take I'm gonna try to so in doing the pre call planning, this is me and my team brainstorming. What would be the kinds of questions that we would want to ask this client um, about their business that would offer maybe some pain points that they might be having. Uh, maybe uh, maybe there's some things that they haven't thought of. Uh, maybe they're buying certain types of goods in quantity. Maybe it's milk. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's cheese or something like that. A, a commodity that they're buying in large bulks that we might be able to help them lock in those prices. Something that they may not have thought about. So rather than I can finance your business. I can give you a working line of capital, or if you're planning on make building a building, I can help you finance. I'm going to try to find a large expenditure of theirs and see how in tune they might be to that, and to see if there's a way that we could help them uh, lower the cost of that expenditure. Uh, that that might be the goal of a pre-call plan. It may be um, a goal might be if we've already got a customer, and we are they're already in our book of business, and we're trying to go deeper. Uh, what, what's the next step? What, what's their, um, what things are they doing with their employees to help them grow their employee base to make their employees more loyal? I've got a number of different services that I can help them with to educate uh, their, their employees to be uh, better financial stewards of their money so that they're um, in better shape so they, they're working for the company and not filling the company's time by solving their financial issues at work. So there are a number of things. It might be their 401k. Uh, it might be um, I, I might be offering membership services to their employees to help them bank. We've got a number of classes that we can help improve their credit, help them improve their ability to, for home ownership, or help uh, make them better employees. Basically, there are benefits to the company that are pretty much free uh, for both the employers and the and, and the company. So I'm going to dig. So we're going to find the areas that we can dig into, and then we're going to try to have a, a real robust conversation about that. The other thing about the pre-call plan is that we're going to decide then who goes on the call. So we don't want to take the whole clown car out. It's just going to, we're just going to meet with the CFO or the CEO of the company. We don't need to take 10 people out there from, from the Fifth Third Bank. Yeah. We're, we're going to decide who's going to call and who's going to lead the conversation. And then we want to understand um, – we want to have a goal for the call. So what's the goal for the call? And that way we can evaluate the call afterwards and say, do we meet our goal? What are the next steps? So we've got a point of reference. And in these calls, 
um, let's say it's one of the first times you're chatting with somebody, um, a potential uh, client. Are you trying to land them and close a deal immediately, or are you still in the relationship building stage? Uh, yeah, normally um, when you get the opportunity to make that first call, you've really got to demonstrate some value. It's very unlikely that you're going to gain a commitment uh, from a customer, I mean, primarily because I haven't seen their financial statements. Right. I, 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 I might know their business and I might understand their business, but I haven't seen their financials. I don't know where their cash flow issues. I don't know where their pain points are. Uh, I don't know what the terms of their current bank has for them, so I don't know even. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. If, I, if, if they would even fit the box of customers that I want. I know that the industry they like, I'll probably check that. I, I probably know their name. I probably check some references around that. Uh, I don't really want to deal with credible people. Uh, but typically those first calls are very important because you need to go out and you have to have a value statement. You need to be able to and demonstrate that you've got some expertise and that you can help them. So you need to be able to convince them pretty quickly but you've got expertise and you've got tools to help them. Otherwise, why would they even want to have a call with you? So once you've demonstrated that, uh, then you can go out and find out more information about the company. You can ask for permission to dig deeper, to ask more questions. Uh, and, you know, if those conversations go smoothly, then, then you typically get permission to get to the next step. Ultimately, the goal is to um, get the financial statements, take a look, and then um, – uh, and then, and then at, at some point in time, maybe you get to proposal stage that you're going to propose uh, something for this particular customer um, that hopefully that improves their business. Right. Hey, I like what you said there because we we need permission in order to get deeper in these relationships. And I think a lot of times people make the mistake early on in the relationship of trying to close too early. And I think the uh, the analogy of um, a relationship, a dating relationship, is pretty apt in this situation. If you if you go on a date with somebody and, and first date you ask them to marry you, <laughs> that's quite, <laughs> that's a bit much. And so it's really important to understand the micro negotiations within the big overall negotiation. Because in that first conversation, you're not trying to close them on the big deal totally. Um, what you're trying to do that a successful negotiation in this realm would be a next call, like you said, permission, and that's where we're getting at. Absolutely. And this is um, most of these calls that we make in both the, on the high net worth space, uh, the, both in asset management space as well as in the middle market banking space are long-term uh, propositions. They don't happen overnight. I mean, every now and then you find somebody that's got a big need right away and, and uh, you might have 
work start working towards a solution. They might give you permission to work on something, but that's rare. Uh, normally, it's a it's a series of dates and uh, a series of back and forth questions, them getting to know you and your capabilities, and you getting to know them and their needs, and then understanding their needs. And before you even start trying to pitch solutions, I mean, so you don't want to go and 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 just uncover something and then offer a solution. Oh, I got the perfect product for you. You know, I mean, our, our business and our job really is, I want to be that ultimately when I get a relationship, I want to be that first call. I want that client, that prospect that to think about me uh, when they have any kind of financial related need. Uh, they might be thinking about selling the business. They might be thinking about monetizing their asset, taking a dividend out, doing ESOP with their employees or or uh, even buying a new building, whatever they're thinking about. I want them to think, boy, that Jordan Miller, he's a good guy. I think I can call him about this. He, he seems to have a good grasp on our company and what we're trying to do. So I think he's somebody that I would trust to handle our transaction. So, And you said you go into these uh, some of these bigger meetings with a team. Um, beforehand, I'm talking even weeks, months beforehand, um, what types of what type of training do you do with them to help them prepare to navigate these difficult conversations? Yeah. So um, uh, the first of all, the uh, very first thing is you know they're they're bankers. They're from our industry, so they've had extensive training. Most of our folks have had extensive training in in either wealth and asset management areas, or they've had extensive training in credit if they're relationship manager for a commercial. Uh, they've had extensive training in cash management and treasury services that we offer. So they've got all the basic kind of training around the types of services that we can offer and what can move the needle with the client. Uh, the thing that we focus on a lot and the things that we've had to focus on are the, uh, the soft skills, the relationship building skills, how to have the conversation skills, how to ask probing questions, how to uh, uh, gain that permission to get into a client and to ask deeper questions that high, what we call high gain questions, questions that, that get the customer or the prospect talking, uh, open-ended questions that, that the customer might reply something like, gee, I haven't thought about that. Well, that's a very interesting question. So when you, when you've asked the customer a question or a prospect a question and they come back with, well, oh, nobody's asked me that before. I really haven't really thought about that. Let me think. And, and, probing questions, to get them to think, to get them to offer their insights, um, because it's really about them. It's not so much about us. We're, we're just trying to uncover those hidden needs, and we can't do that by making assumptions. We need to hear from them what's on their mind, uh, what their challenges are, what's happening in their business, what are the things that are keeping them up versus uh, I got a product or I got a solution for that. So we don't even go to product, solution, any of that, until we gain a full understanding of what the client is experiencing. And, and a lot of times we hear things are working well and things are great. And in those cases, it's just permission, well, can we keep talking to you? You know, maybe we can check in again in three or four months. Uh, maybe it's, uh, maybe I'll invite them to an event or something to keep that relationship going and because Everybody doesn't not everybody doesn't wake up every morning contrary to what we bankers think and think about oh gee I need to go find a new bank <laughs> you know, and wait for me to call them so that's just not the case so um, that 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 whole training that we use is um, is geared toward 
conversations. It's, it's geared toward uh, finding pain points. It's geared towards overcoming objections that the customers might have. It's geared toward gaining permission to get to the next step. It's geared toward finding out about um, about the customer's business and is geared toward getting them to do the talking. So right. that and we do a, a number of different types of training around that. This is brilliant. And what's what's really interesting about what you did not say is that it's not geared toward proving your point or letting them know that you are right. <laughs> it's it's focused exactly. more on curiosity. And I know that's really difficult sometimes, especially for analytical people. People in the uh, financial services industry are analytical when it comes to numbers. And for me, and with my background in, in law, we're really analytical when it comes to the law and policy and trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong. And so with people with that highly analytical background, sometimes it's difficult to make that transition to utilize the soft skills because in your industry, it might be, this is math. <laughs> I'm right. Why don't you see this? Um, but that's yeah. really not what it takes to build relationships and get that permission. Uh, you need to focus on the people and their needs. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. So most of our you know, after they're a proven banker and they've got all the kind of right kind of skills, credit, analytical skills, and can dissect uh, customer cash flows and dissect customer balance sheets and understand all the EBITDA and all the multiples and understand the industry that the that that the prospect is focused on, then it's really uh, it really then becomes uh, how do you probe to get the right information, right? And 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 listen enough. And re- refrain, which is sometimes very hard to do, of saying, "Oh, I got a, I got a solution for that. Oh, that's a problem here. Have you tried this? You know." And you really have to hold back from from offering too much advice too early on because you haven't really uncovered the full issues that the client's facing. Right. And it might take a series of conversations to get that out of them. Absolutely. And let's say hypothetically, even if you are right. <laughs> and you make you you are right in that situation with a solution you you didn't have permission to give it at that at that point that's right yeah you don't have permission to give it and in a lot of cases it may be something that they already know uh, and again sometimes sometimes when you're too quick to give a solution they'll just go right back to their bank that they're currently banking with and say hey I was talking to the fifth third bank and they said they can do this and the bank goes, oh well, we can do that too and, yeah. <laughs> That happens a lot. So you have to be, you know, you're not, you want to, you want to add value to conversations and relationships, but at the same time, you don't want to give them all of your, uh, you don't want to give them all of the the solutions uh, before you get to know them and really understand them and, and understand them in what context they might need to uh, put those solutions to work. Before we finish up this episode, I have a few questions for you. Does your job do professional development training? Are you looking for a workshop for your next conference? Does your profession require effective communication or dispute resolution? If so, a negotiation training seminar might be what you need. I've had the opportunity to do these trainings around the country, and I'd love to swing by your neck of the woods. Our customized negotiation seminars are as fun as they are informative. You'll not only discover the keys to negotiation and persuasion, you'll also have the opportunity to practice these skills in a safe environment with a negotiation simulation. And at the end of the seminar, you'll be able to communicate confidently 
resolve disputes effectively, and get what you want out of your next negotiation. And as an added bonus, if you let us know far enough in advance, we can get these trainings certified for continuing education credits. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or shoot me an email to learn more. Now let's get back to the show. Before you go, uh, before we end up this part of the interview, um, I wanted to ask you, if you could challenge our audience to do one thing in the very next week to become a better negotiator, what would it be? I would say that the one thing that I would do if I wanted to be a better negotiator would be to understand the other position. I already know my position. I know what I can do. I understand the the value I can I can bring. I understand my company standpoint. I understand our credit environment and culture and all those good things. But what I want to do is I want to understand the other side. I want to understand the issues they're facing, what's their frame of mind, what their reference is, where are they coming from, why do they, what got them to the point where they probably think that way. Uh, if they're in a certain sector of industry, um, you know, let's, let's not fool ourselves. Most industries, including banks, have many of the same philosophies. Uh, so, and that's true for if you're a retailer or if you're an engineering firm or if you're an accounting firm or any kind of professional services firm, uh, there are ways that people go to market on ways to think. So I want to understand that so I can have that edge and I can you know, anticipate what they might say. I'm still going to listen. I'm still going to hear them. I still want to hear them talk, but I want to, I want to get that out of them. And I want to be the guy that, that understands their position uh, from their point of view, uh, so that I've got a framework of reference from how I would respond to that from my point of view, uh, so that um, <clears throat> I can I can hopefully by by doing that I can bridge the gap between the differences that we might face and the differences in our approach and the differences in uh, where we're coming from because the closer I can get uh, to that prospect. Uh, that I'm negotiating something with, the closer that I can get and the closer that we can start that that relationship with, the, the faster I can get to a solution. You know, if we're too far apart because I didn't understand what they might come with, then it's going to take longer to narrow that gap. So I'm going to get close to having something where I think they might have a point of compromise and then we can work from that framework. That's fantastic. This is perfect. Well, thank, thank you so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Hey, well, thank you, Kwame. I appreciate you having me on. And um, hey, I look forward to continuing our relationship and, uh, and, and seeing you continue your success. I appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you're finding this information helpful, please remember to leave a review and subscribe. Our goal is to teach this to as many people as possible. And every time you leave a review, it makes it easier for people to find us in the search engines. With your support and listenership, we've grown to the point where we are now the number one ranked negotiation podcast, and we have listeners in 140 different countries. We appreciate your continued support, and please continue to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Remember, everybody who connects with me gets a personal message from me eventually. It takes time because uh, more and more people have been reaching out, but I want to hear from you, and we actually get to chat. So continue to reach out. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you in the next one.